0: Visit ImpressBeauty.com slash PressOn and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. Still here with Tinks. Tink, where did the nickname Tinks come from? Did you just roll your eyes at me? Just, <laughs> you just literally <laughs> just rolled your eyes as I said that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You- what is it? You just you just rolled them.
2: Can I just tell you the truth?
1: Yeah. Tell me everything. I, I Let it out.
2: No, I Just I, let it out. Okay, yeah. I'll tell you I, the, I'll tell you. I, it's just like <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
2: know which direction I was going to go. Yeah. I'll just be tell earnest me, and here tell you, you the nickname. I wasn't very confident when I was younger. What? And know I wasn't and and I watched this film one summer about this cool girl. Called Tinka Parker. It was like a character, and she was like really cool, and like all the boys loved her. So when I got back to school, I was like, guys, I have an alter ego, (laughs) (laughs) and her name is Tinka Parker. And they were like, okay, bless my friends. They they were down with it. And then then it just stuck. Like as I became more confident, which is just like such a good example of fake it till you make it with Mm. anything in life. But it's it is so true.
1: Wait, how, why did the alter ego make you more confident?
2: Because I just was like, whenever I'm her, like, I'm kind of, I'm confident, you know, kind of just like getting out of myself or whatever. And then I just slowly became more confident and became this alter ego and I got shortened to tinks. Um, everyone, everyone in British schools has kind of weird nicknames, as you probably mm. know. So that's just what it ended up being. And it stuck for now, like almost twenty years.
1: But you went to you went to this British school in America. No, I went here. I thought you left here when you were like nine. Six months, you said. But no. then you came back I here. I moved
2: to London when I was six months old. I left London when I, was, when I was nineteen. Holy shit! So I went to North London Collegiate.
1: Edgy. Yeah. Oh, what's up? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so I had. Was these... that a weird gang sign you just gave? North, just... North London Massive. <laughs> just threw three fingers at me. <laughs> what is that?
2: So I had these really American parents, but then I went to a really British school my whole life.
1: So then the accent comes from your American parents?
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I had a good. British accent at school, but now I've been gone for so long that it's not like. <laughs> oh, and before Who are you? <laughs> I know no one. And I truly I have so much anxiety about I this is something I actually am so anxious about. It's like neither place really claims me. Like in either place. They're like, You're not from here and I'm like, okay, like so I've stopped. <laughs> Stop saying I'm from anywhere. People are like, "Where are you from?" (laughs) And I'm like, "The middle of the Atlantic Ocean." I don't know. (laughs) I'm I'm from from nowhere. Okay, they're like, "What passports do you have?" And I'm like, "I don't want to say. You're going to be upset." And either way, people are like, "You're so you're so sarcastic and dry and British. Like you're not American." And all British people are like, "You're so American. You're not from here." And I'm like, "I'm I've given up saying."
1: I would de- I would definitely say you you have American tendencies but you have British humor 100%. Yeah,
2: it's like cuz well I think where you grow up when you, in your young life is like how you learn about the world. Yeah. So like what, what how p- a certain group of people thinks about the world and does things and what have you, that's kind of your orientation t- towards the world. Um and so until I was 19, I did have that, the, although I had American parents.
1: I always remember when we spoke on that phone that time, <clears throat> you said to me, we, you were just, I think you had like 200 followers, 200, uh, 100 yeah. followers, whatever it was. And we were talking and you you do this thing, which is quite an American, like American way is that manifesting. I remember yeah. we were on the phone and you were just like, yeah, well, when I do the chat shows and things like that, and you hadn't done them yet, but you were just telling yourself yeah. and now manifesting is, huge huge right well it's
2: a very la thing it's a very la thing
1: but it's such that's a great confidence thing to have which i don't think over here we have complete imposter syndrome all the time yeah and over where you got over in america there's no imposter syndrome it's like this american dream we're going to go for and this is what i'm going to achieve
2: yeah i mean yes and no i think i think people i think it can be a little bit like toxic positivity sometimes in the states where it's like you know shoving it down your throat it's like you can do anything and it's like can you (laughs) uh not with these gas prices (laughs) i'm just kidding um but yeah i think i think that
1: it's actually such a false promise you can do anything you can't
2: i think it's important to to i think it's important to you know visualize positive things and I do think because I am quite a in my head person it's important what I think about so I, I I think about it under that lens like if I am only thinking negative all day like that's a lot of negativity because I live in my head so I try to make it as positive as possible and and like visualize those things and some days it's easier and some days it's harder
1: what was stanford like is it was it so fun was it
2: it was literally the best time of my life
1: did like, you join a frat
2: i'd sorority for girls <laughs> oh here we go i was president of my sorority. <laughs>
0: Hot, oh.
2: because here's the thing like the, the sorority is a club for girls right yeah. and in some places in america it's really intense and they do all these like weird dances and like they have all these strict rules but at stanford it was more of just like a social club mm. and i knew i I love like experiences like I never like to do anything just mildly. So I went from this all girls British school with a uniform that was obviously super buttoned up and super, you know, strict and what. have Mm. you. And then I go to America and I'm like, I'm dying my hair blonde. I'm going to be president of my sorority and I'm going to have a frat guy boyfriend and go to all the football games. And that's what I did. And it was so fun. It was so, it was completely different. Yeah, it was so fun.
1: I wish I had the opportunity to go to American university. I just didn't do it.
2: Yeah. I think and you would have loved it. I would have loved it. Yeah. Cause it's very like, it's like, it's, it's the, the one, you know, one of the things that America it's has, which is great, which I think sometimes, um, you know, England doesn't is that it's like this spirited, like super overt, Um, like joyfulness and Mm. that was like my school experience whereas everyone was like really obsessed with it and really like happy and good and everyone was cheering for Stanford all the time and like kind of cult-like but like in a fun way.
1: Yeah, it just, it is, it's way... It's way better. I was at Leeds and and it just uh, university life was basically just about going out and sort of partying. There was it's cult like, but actually you feel almost proud to to be there. Which I think kind of sets you up quite nice for later life, I feel. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and there is a lot of like they really they really impress that upon you like it's you know, and I and I am proud that I went there. Like it's a good school.
1: What are the frat boys like?
2: They were so different to the guys that I knew from home. Really? And and so it was like, they were just very um, like, uh, earnest and kind of like, I don't know, they're just different. And also the drinking culture is so different because keep in mind- They
1: haven't drunk. They so when, they, when they start drinking at 21. So
2: it was like, but, they, but we, they would obviously drink like when we were 18 or whatever, but it was their first time. And then I remember that like their parents would come and visit and they'd be like, hide the alcohol. And I was like, what? And they were like, I mean, you know, I grew up having wine with my parents at 16 and going out and whatever. And to go to this place where I just found that very bizarre. I found that super bizarre. And then they would like put their alcohol in water bottles and like drink it like behind a bin. (laughs) And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs>
1: Stopping such pussies is drinking. And
2: my mom would come and she would like buy us all wine and she'd be like, what are you doing?
1: Why is everyone freaking out? Why is
2: everyone freaking out? They're like, Your mom is so cool.
1: <laughs> Sick. Uh, I also I also with you, you 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 have your podcast.
2: I have a um I have a live radio show where people call it. And that's really, really fun. Um because it's I just love it. I love to chat with people, yeah. it's really fun and I love that it's just like in the moment and it could be anything.
1: And the podcast and the podcast medium, that's why I love it so much as well, is because you can sit and you have like this conversation with an individual where you have it nowhere else. Yeah, exactly. Right, and I also think that's the other thing is again about the US is that it's so many, it's, it's leaps and bounds ahead of everyone. Everyone is doing podcasting, everyone is doing this social media yeah. stuff and still here we're in this sort of black and white stages yeah. of that sort of existence. And I think, again, I go back to the same thing. I think it's just more accepted over there.
2: Yeah, no, it, it is. It's it's very accepted. It's very encouraged. Um, yeah, it's it's good. It, it truly is like that vibe of if you dream it, you can do it kind of thing.
1: And and but also with the um, with the podcasting, when you when you go into that and you start doing that like I do, do you guys have to come up with this sort of concept and sort of build it out? So what is your concept for your podcast that you have?
2: My podcast is it's the What's different about it is its format. So it's two 20-minute episodes a week. Mm-hmm. And then I do an hour of live radio. And so it's just kind of like little bite-sized moments just to have something different because a lot of podcasts are a bit longer. So it's like, it's nice to have some variation and it's, it's a little bit of everything. Um, and it's really fun. It's really personal to be in someone's ear. You know, it's, it's, it's so nice to have it be a bit longer and a bit more thought out than on social
1: media. Yeah, I know. Where do your parents live at the moment? St. John's Wood. Do they live in St. John's Wood? Yeah. Do you miss home? So much. Yeah, really? so
2: much. And I thought like all throughout my 20s, I, I never thought that I would want to move back. I was like, I love America. And I do. I love it so much. It's really it's great. But I do now as I'm getting a bit older, just really miss the people here and just the vibe. So I, I mean, ideally, talk about manifesting. I would love to split time between London and L.A.
1: Yeah, because I think it's so funny. As we get older, I remember in my 20s, I was all about just having fun and what I wanted to totally. do. And, you know, just pleasing myself. And then as we get older, it's that cliche thing. Family is freaking everything. It's everything. yeah. Everything. Yeah. And, and I've realized over the past, like, few years how much closer him, and that's why I sort of went into that thing of thinking, shit, this is why I want to get married, because yeah. then you want to do that for yourself, you right? do, yeah, of course, yeah. And for so long, I didn't, and I said this the other day, I didn't think monogamy mm. for mm. like eight was a thing. I yeah. thought like if you just go out there and you can just sleep with whoever you want and have yeah. fun for the rest of your life, that is the way to be. But actually, I've now totally gone against that because if you kind of want a family in life, you have to be monogamous.
2: Totally, yeah, and it's just that's the nice part about growing up is you just you your opinions change. You know, you change and you reflect and you think I actually want different things and that's okay.
1: Do you want to have a family when you're? A-
2: yeah, I do for sure. And I think a lot about you know where I want to raise my family and like have my family and the different lifestyles. And I think that's a big part of why I'm thinking about like where I want to spend time and whatever and 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 what you know I. Really loved my childhood, and I think in big—that's a big part to living in London. I really had a wonderful; it felt super well-rounded. I thought my friends were really smart. I—I I loved. Um, I just love. I thought it was great. I thought it was really great. Yeah,
1: but takes, I think also you—you you, you do yourself hard, right? You're, you're quite hard on yourself, I think. But I admire your kind of—you um, say you weren't confident, but you have this huge inner confidence because. You you grow up here, you then go to Stanford because you want to go to this American university. Um, that is totally out of anyone's comfort zone because yeah. you've grown up here. You then move to America to go and live there. You then sort of get locked down there. You start your social media account. You start doing this podcast, this radio show, whatever it is. You know, people don't have that. I wish... People would say, oh, he's quite adventurous and I am quite adventurous, but I wish I had the confidence to go and say, right, I'm moving to America or L.A. or wherever it is to start things. Yeah, that is no one really has that. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah, sometimes you just have to like if you feel if you feel like you need to go on and take that leap, you should do it. And it can be scary. It was like I remember when I moved, I never visited Stanford before I went there. And <laughs> and I remember when I when I went, my my mom and, and on the first morning, like we yeah. arrived and, and I remember I, I just got off the plane and I started sobbing and I was like, what have I done? Because it was so different. It was so different. And the people are different. Like it's hard to articulate. I mean, both people are great. Americans and Brits are great, but like they're really different. And at that mm. point, I was way more British than I am now because I'd lived my whole life there. And so going and meeting all these people who are just so different in the way that they interact and, and whatever, I was freaking out. I was so afraid. I was like, don't go. And my mom was like pulling her cardigan like, I'm <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. on the plane now. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it was scary. And and honestly, I'm not good with change. That's the funny thing. No, like, but
1: you are good with change. I think you're not. You, you don't think you are. No, you I mean, must I, be because you change all the time.
2: I know. But I, I hate. I hate. I hate change. And so every time I moved, like when I moved to New York, I really didn't settle. I lived in New York for two years.
1: <laughs> See, there we go. What the hell are you talking about?
2: I lived in New York for two years and I just like was had a meltdown then, had a meltdown when I moved to LA, whatever. But it's fine. Go move. <laughs> go have and
1: meltdown, do it, whatever.
2: Have a, have, have a MTV and move right on.
1: What about dating stories in New York? I always hear that New York people are dating like six people at the same time. Six people. Like, yeah. It's insane. It's and insane. they're like, well, you shouldn't care because what? I was... Shagging that person doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, and it's like in in New York, dating is like going to the gym. It's just a thing to tick off on your day. (laughs) New Yorkers are like, I woke up at four a.m. I went to the gym for two hours, railed lines of cocaine, then I went to work. (laughs) Then I went on two dates. I went to dinner at eleven. <laughs> then I went to the gym again, and I woke up and did it all over again. And I'm like, and I'm like, I I don't I'm like I like chill time, whatever. And so you'll get so hectic, it's so hectic, and yeah, they, and they love it. But like, I love that for New Yorkers because they really thrive off of it. They're like, yeah, I haven't slept in three days. What? And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, <fine. Yeah. laughs> it's completely fine yeah. for you, okay, buddy. uh In LA, it's like I'm like, what did you, go-? you know? I'll talk to my LA friends. I'm like, what did you guys do today? And they're like. I woke up and I watered my succulent. Then I went to get a matcha. They were out of oat milk, so I had to get a different coffee. And I'm like, oh, no way. Then what happened after 9 (laughs) a.m.? And they're like, that was at 4 p.m.
3: I'm like,
2: oh, okay, cool. So, But I kind of like that because I'm like the most – new yorky of the la people if that makes sense yeah i'm just like i was the least new Yorkie of the new Yorkie people but then that makes me they're like you got up before noon oh my god <laughs> what are you on oh, coffee <laughs>
1: Uh, New York is like this, like incredibly fast-paced place, and that's what's interesting about the U.S. is that you have all these different things. Like Miami is totally different. So to, different, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is kind of great because at least I feel like in the U.K. I mean, you sort of had the north and south, which is slightly different. But in LA, it's it's totally different in terms of culture and completely life different. and like, it's everything.
2: Literally different, completely different cultures, way of speaking, like everything. You can really find different ways of life in different states and I have sampled a few of them, so.
1: So, so if you were gonna bring up your family, where would you bring, bring them up? Would you bring them up in the US or would you bring them up in the UK?
2: It's really difficult. I don't know and I think it depends a lot on who I end up with because I think that matters. And I I just, I just really love my childhood, I know that. And to bring up kids in New York is like really fast paced, like they, you know, they all grow up really quickly in LA I think it can be there's so much comparison with like well that person's dad is like a movie star and that person's dad is like the head of this thing and that thing and it just like that stuff matters a lot and I don't
1: also it takes ages to get anywhere to forever yeah. oh my god like people go let's go to Malibu and it's like driving to Brighton yeah it's, it's like <laughs> it's what the yeah. hell yeah
2: yeah yeah it is so it's like I don't I don't actually mind the driving. Like I quite like being in the car. I feel like I can do it. But it's yeah, it's something to contend with for sure.
1: So what's next for you? So what what do we have in store? Come on, give it to me.
2: I have a lot of fun stuff that I'm working on. Yeah. Continuing the podcast. I I have a couple. It's so annoying to say that I have a couple of really exciting. No, it's not at, at
1: all. That's freaking great. Yeah. And, and, and also that's the reason for this podcast is the fact to come on and talk about what you're doing and, and yeah. also be proud of it because I think that's your British side coming out. That's I think there is such a funny thing in the UK that when we're not allowed to be excited about never. what never. That's
2: one of my most British things about me. Like even when I was on a press tour for my podcast, I'd be like on a a talk show and they'd be like so what's going on and I'd be like nothing what's going on with you <laughs> yeah yeah
1: tell me <laughs> and my about... publicist is like fucking podcast <laughs> tell me about you and I then they know. would ask you and you go "Ah, that little <laughs> no, thing like, what? oh, whatever <laughs> doesn't matter I'm
2: like do I have a podcast <laughs> 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 so
1: awkward um yeah no I hate talking about I but you should be excited yeah. about it and also where can we listen to your podcast
2: uh everywhere you get your podcast it's called it's me tinks and yeah you should listen to it subscribe give me five stars if you want a dose of american advice every week
1: do you do i know you have guests on your radio show do you bring guests on the other one
2: no but i want to i want to i think i you know i i haven't found the right person to be like a second mic yet or or whatever but i think i i'm it's evolving that's the thing is like I, I thought I wanted to do it by myself. Turns out I don't. And and that's like one of the big it's things. It's hard
1: dialogue. dude. really hard. <laughs> and
2: and and it's like, that's okay. And I was like really working that up in my mind, being anxious, being like, Oh my God, like I have to tell them that there's gonna be change and that there everyone's gonna think I've failed and whatever. And I'm like You know what? I tried it and I decided I want someone to bounce off of. And so I'm going to figure out what that looks like in the near future.
1: Yeah, you've got to do that. Otherwise, you know, you're having this internal dialogue the entire time into a microphone. And that is just freaking hard for anyone.
2: I think it I think it stemmed from me. Like, I'm so precious about my followers in the sense of like, I care about my community so much. And I felt like our relationship was just like, it's only us and them. And like, who am I to bring in another person to our relationship? But I think it can enhance it and it, it can enhance our conversation together.
1: Do you side side curveball? Do you dream a lot? Yeah. What are your dreams like?
2: Like insane.
1: <laughs> okay, so, cause, yeah, cause I wanna know. Cause then also I got told this thing the other day that sort of creative people, like their dreams are
2: it's insane. Wild. I, I don't wanna end on a dark note, but I have kind of a lot of nightmares sometimes. Like so do I, all crazy, the time. crazy nightmares. And I have tried so many different things to stop that, but it's really difficult to control your dreams, as you know. And I have like really intense nightmares. I dream every night, and like, it's, like I wake up like crazy stuff. I have a recurring dream that I'm in, um, I'm in like the time of the Salem witch trials, and I am. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I've had this since I was like five. If you want to know what an anxious person I
1: am, oh my
2: god! And and in the dream, I'm I find out that I'm pregnant, and and they're all gonna burn me at the stake <laughs> because I've had sex. <laughs> I don't know what this says about like religious guilt I have or whatever. But um and I'm not even I didn't even grow up that religious. But like I I have this dream that they're burnt they're running after me and I'm running and I'm like, I didn't have sex. I didn't have sex. And they're like, we're gonna burn you. And then it ends right. So time we do the (laughs) steak. Imagine I go to my first therapist when I'm like 12 and I tell her this. I'm like sitting there and I'm like, and then they tie me to the stake and they're going to burn me. (laughs) I don't know why I made that my voice. That wasn't my voice. (laughs) Like a weird Victorian child. Oh, Um, my God. That is so intense. It's so intense and I have it. It always comes up whenever I'm in like uh, times of intense stress. Really? Yeah. And so my therapist is just like, it just... It means that you're like feel like things are out of your control. Yeah. Because it's all about control, isn't it? Like feeling like you have a plan and whatever, you're fine. So
1: but yeah. Yeah, but I always think that we we we're always meant to like have a plan. And and but then all like have this blueprint, right? Yeah. And we we so growing up, we have a blueprint. We're like, right, we're gonna be doing this, we're gonna yeah. have our car, we're gonna have a house, we're gonna have our kids, this is what yeah. age is gonna be. And actually no one's blueprint ever adds up. No, and that's it, it really dangerous. It's
2: completely because it's like you have all this, you I, I think until you're about the age of like for me 27 you think everything is going to happen according to the plan like yes. yeah and you're just like that's the that's what's going to happen and then you get to like your mid to late 20s and you're like oh actually, this is turning out entirely differently, like 100% differently. And you start to realize that you don't really have any control over it. Because all the big moments in your life have been without your control. Like, yeah, you work hard, you be nice to people, you get a job, whatever. But like all the things that have influenced the big changes in your life were without your control. And then you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to be completely different than I thought Dude,
1: it was. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more. Big realization with me was something like, fuck, everyone's guessing yeah and i was like everyone's, everyone's guessing. guessing yeah yeah i thought until i was 27 maybe 27 28 and actually it was like a real big moment i was like oh my god everyone's guessing not everyone is like a superhero no, and knows yeah. exactly what's going on yeah and like so many things like with guys uh, with, in my experience right you suddenly realize that everything hasn't gone to plan and that you have to work really hard to, yeah. to make stuff yeah. work secondly I even with sex i feel like guys aren't like good at sex until they're like 27 28 because there's something like, oh wait there's another person involved yeah
2: like it's literally exactly (laughs) guys oh wait here we go yeah it's literally with definitely with sex guys are like slow on that usually uh, (laughs) until they're a little older and then they're like oh it's actually meant an activity for two people (laughs) got it this is a (laughs) two-person game i understand i've been playing by myself the whole time
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god hey tinks listen um We've up a lot of your time. I want to say a big thank you thank for you, you to coming on. Um, I, on your social media, you're honestly genius. Thank you. And for anyone listening, you've got to go and check her out. Go and check out your podcast. We can find it anywhere. It is thank called... You.
2: It's Me Tinks.
1: It's Me Tinks. Um, Angela, I wish you all the best Thank in the world. And even though this is the first time that we've met properly, I feel like we're friends. I
2: do. I've, I've felt that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I really feel
1: that. And it's been so fun to be on. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Listen, what we like to say at the end of the podcast is leave our listeners with something inspirational.
2: My big mantra that I always tell my followers that's really helped me a lot in my 20s is um, comparison is the thief of joy. I didn't make that up. It's a quote that but I really, really find it helpful because I find that so much of my malaise whenever I'm feeling icky is because I'm comparing. I'm comparing to people on social media. I'm saying, why don't I have that body in that house and whatever? Uh, or you're comparing to where you think you should be. So like, oh, I should have this now. I should have that car. I should have done this. Or you're comparing yourself to a past self. I was happier then. I was thinner then. I whatever. It's just completely robs you of, of your joy. So anytime I go down that road, I just say, Control, delete, comparison is a of joy. Really helped me.
1: I freaking love that. It's a good one. I love that. Everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.
2: Bye. So good.